Ten Podcast. My name is Dorota Buskela and this is the place to be to catch up on what you missed at the 2021 edition of the online 24 hours of ATEM. So, for this 17th episode, we will cover boosting revenues when migrating from IPTV to OTT. Let's start the engines! Excellent. So I have with me Philip and Yuri. Hello, guys. So, hi, hello, hi everybody. So, indeed, thank you, for, thank you very much for joining us for this 24 hours of attempt session called Boosting Revenues when migrating from IPTV to OTT. And this session is this session is co-presented with our partner, Venus. My name is David Jabonet. I'm based in Singapore, and I will be acting as a moderator for this session. And today we'll address the topic of making streaming successful. I have with me two speakers uh, who are going to address this subject. Let me introduce them to you. The first speaker today will be Yure. Uh, Yure is an industry veteran with more than 10 years of experience in IT, broadcast, and IPTV OTT industry. He has joined the news in 2018 as a sales manager. And during the years, he evolved into a trusted specialist for MEA and EPAC region. Yuri has an established reputation as a transformational leader who is driven by challenge, undeterred by obstacles, and committed to furthering standards of excellence. He aims to help service providers offer the best possible user experience to their end customer because he firmly believes that success in business can only be achieved through taking care of the customer. Thank you very much, Yuri, for joining us today. Thank you, David. Our second speaker is uh, Philip. Philip is our product owner at uh, Atem. He joined Anivia, no part of Atem, since a couple of months, in 2014. And throughout his career, Philip has held various roles, ranging from software engineering to business development, which have allowed him to manage the many steps of a product lifecycle. He is always customer and market oriented, and he aims to provide the best solution in an ever-changing landscape. Thank you very much, Philip, also for joining this session. Thank you. As for the agenda of uh, today, um, first, you and Philip will talk about the different benefits and challenges uh, of migrating from IPTV to OTT. Then they will focus on uh, a very trendy topic nowadays, uh, which is the dynamic ad insertion. And we will uh, regroup at the end for the key takeaways of the session. We'll keep some time for Q&A, so feel free to ask any question you may have. You can use the Q&A button. Uh, and having said that, I think we will start with, uh, with Yuri. Yuri, let me give you the floor. Okay, right. So uh, thank you, David, again, for the <laughs> more than generous introduction. Um, so let's uh, let's jump right into it and and check out the you know how to boost revenue uh, when you're migrating from IPTV to OTT. Um, so I don't know um, how much you know about BNews uh, and our um, portfolio, but um, we've been as a company we've been around since the beginning of of IPTV um, and. Out of the box, um, you know, we started as an IPTV with middleware provi provider, um, and then you know, traditionally we're, we're focused on IPTV, uh, and then you know, um, over the years we saw the opportunity of you know, first uh, OTT becoming kind of as a companion uh, service, um, and then you know, nowadays being full strategy. Um, and we also observed the change in, in subscriber behaviors or the viewer behaviors, we started adding additional functionalities um, to our platform. Um, so because we started um, in, in IPTV um, and through time added these functionalities, um, our platform actually um, doesn't require any kind of um, upgrades or additional hardware to be added because of the the change in the um, in the the service that the the service provider is is providing. Um, we don't actually need to add any kind of additional licenses. It's mainly just about uh, configuration. Um, 
basically, when we move from IPTV to OTT with the customer, um, you know, we, as I said, we don't need to add any any additional hardware. Um, it, it's a it's a case of you know configuring the system in the background, and we do that uh, by utilizing what we call regions. Um, at the same time, for us, it's it's pretty much the same if we um, if we move either from on-prem to cloud or if we have some kind of um, hybrid installations, um, both or, or pretty much all the combinations um, are possible. Now, when we talk about when we talk about uh, migrating um, from IPTV to OTT, we basically talk about a, a process, right? We talk about a, a, you know, a series of, of, of services that need to be rendered in order to get from IPTV to OTT. And this is, this is where BNews really shines, right? Um, so there's, there's a couple of services um, that we are offering out of the box. Um, to all our customers, um, existing and new ones, of course. Um, and we highly recommend that the customer, um, you know, goes through these um, st stepping stones, I guess you could uh, say, um, because you, you need to understand, and we as a, as a vendor or a service provider um, of, these, uh, of, of the mig migration, really need to understand, um, you know, all of the, the whole picture that is unfolding. Um, you know, so the, 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 the TV services and the business um, analysis that is kind of the first step um, in, in assessing if it makes sense for the operator to go from IPTV to OTT, um, you know, is, is probably the, the main and stepping stone uh, to understand if if this is actually viable, you know, this the, the, the this first step is actually um, you know very important to understand your subscribers and uh, and their behavior, um, and this is actually where um, a lot of revenue can be gained uh, in the first step uh, if it's if it's done right. Um, the second step, uh, of course, is the technical assessment. Basically, our engineers come in and uh, assess the the existing environment, assess the existing system, um, and, and get the feel of what is actually going to be needed to get the the, the migration from IPTV to OTT. Because you can understand that if you don't know where you are, you can't really know where you're going. Uh, so this is quite important. Um, then, of course, comes the, the recommendation after the assessment has been done, um, you know, which way to go, which components do we need to add in the looking from the, the, the general end-to-end -end, um, system. Um, of course, then uh, the, the technical solution is prepared, the migration plan, um, additional project-specific developments, of course, also, um, and... Um, at the end of the day, then project delivery uh, as the final step of migrating um, to uh, OTT. Now there are many there are many reasons for you know for migrating from IPTV to OTT. Um, the most I would say the most favorite ones, of course, are you know boosting revenue or or saving cost, uh, and and we'll talk about that a bit uh, later on. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, as it is in life, you know, you've got benefits and you've got uh, challenges. Um, and uh, we've got Philip here, um, who is going to, you know, walk you guys through the, the, the challenges and the, the foremost, the, the, uh, uh, the benefits. So uh, I'm passing over the words to Philip and uh, Philip, please. Uh, let me just stop my control here. Let me give the control to Philip.
Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Yuri. As uh, as you mentioned, um, it's a, it's an interesting um, journey to 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 switch from IPTV to OTT, and and for that there are uh, different benefits. And I'm here focusing on the uh, mostly on the end user benefits. Um, the first uh, benefit is is quite obvious uh, is the fact that OTT is natively multi-screen. Uh, but uh, what I mean to to say here it, uh, is that it's originally meant for second screens. Uh, but what we see uh, more and more is that um, OTT is also meant for the for the first screen. Uh, that will induce some challenges that we will talk about. But it's something uh, a trend that we we see uh, in in the usage of uh, of OTT. Um, also related to that, uh, and, and quite obvious in terms of OTT, is the fact that it's uh, the, the mobility that is uh, available with uh, OTT technologies, uh, because by nature they are meant to adapt to all network conditions. Uh, so this is this has become some, something that is uh, uh, really needed by the end users, and they can't imagine having a solution that is not available everywhere. Uh, so this is uh, something that is key in terms of uh, usability of, uh, of OTT and usability of a TV platform in general. Um, also, in the same uh, uh, idea of, of benefits uh, is the fact that, that you can have access to nonlinear content. Uh, again, this is something that has become so widespread in, in the usages of, uh, of uh, TV consumers nowadays that it's uh, it, they can't imagine having a platform where you can't have access to uh, catch-up content or cloud DVR or, or VOD. So this is something that is brought by OTT uh, that is uh, really uh, easy to put in place uh, with an OTT platform uh, because it's also meant in that way. It has been thought um, that, that way so that you can have access to, to this kind of uh, content. Um, there is a, a benefit in this one is, is more uh, from an operator point of view, uh, because when we speak about an OTT platform, we tend to think that we will need a separate platform. And um, it, that's not the case. Uh, we, we have uh, with our, uh, our product range, the ATM product range, we have the possibility of having a head of infrastructure that can deliver uh, all the different platforms at the same time. So either DVB, IPTV, or OTT. So what that means is that if you're in a transition uh, from IPTV to OTT, uh, you can still have the same platform that will deliver partly your IPTV platform while you build uh, an OTT platform alongside. So this is something that is uh, really interesting from an operator point of view. And uh, finally, the last uh, benefit I wanted to highlight and that we will talk about in more details is the personalized TV. Uh, we will talk about uh, the ad insertion, uh, but this is something that is that is also brought by, um, by OTT and the fact that we can deliver uh, specific content to specific users. And, and so that allows us to uh, really address uh, different needs and, and to be able to personalize the, the content. Uh, of course, with the with the benefits uh, comes uh, some some challenges. Uh, so I mentioned uh, the fact that OTT is used for uh, the first screen. Uh, so that means that the end users expect to have the the best video quality uh, possible. They don't expect to have uh, a smaller uh, or a, um, a less uh, good uh, video quality. And what that means is that we need to work on the the uh, encoders to make sure that we have uh, the best of video quality. We don't have any buffering uh, in the uh, in the entire chain, so this is one uh, challenge. One challenge, and we'll see how we can address that. Uh, a second one, uh, which is often uh, uh, thought about when we're talking about OTT, is uh, the latency. Uh, in a typical um, OTT uh, chain, we have uh, something about a thirty-second latency, uh, which didn't seem to be a problem at the beginning because it was uh, mainly nonlinear content. Uh, but more and more, uh, we use the OTT for live events, and that can be an issue when, especially when we're talking about sports, about uh, about specific events like concerts and so on. So this is something that needs to be to be addressed. 
And uh, finally, the challenge of scalability, uh, because uh, OTT requires uh, some bandwidth, uh, and uh, we need to find a way to scale uh, when we are talking again, again about live content and when we have uh, multiple uh, users uh, watching at the same time. So this is something that is also key and, and that needs to be to be addressed. So how how do we address these uh, these different challenges? Uh, let's uh, talk about the video quality challenge first. So video quality and image quality is related to uh, three factors. Uh, you have the resolution, uh, the colors, and the frame rate. Uh, resolution is quite obvious. I mean, uh, we, we talk about uh, greater and greater uh, uh, pictures uh, over time, uh, but it's also meant to be used in conjunction with the frame rate and the colors to improve the, the, the video quality. Uh, so this is why we talk about UHD, but we also talk about UHD P50. We talk about HDR. So this, the, these things are, are uh, meant to be uh, together. Um, but this comes uh, at a cost. Uh, the cost for good image quality is uh, increase in CPU uh, consumption, increase in, in network uh, bandwidth. So this is uh, this is where we need to uh, address this uh, this point. And uh, at SSM, we work on, on different levels uh, to to address that. Uh, the first one is working on the codecs. Uh, so we're working uh, on, of course, on the traditional codecs. Uh, HEVC is obvious uh, for. Uh, UHD, but we are already working on the next generation codecs like AV1, like VVC, to be able to address uh, a best, uh, better image uh, quality at less bandwidth. Uh, a second point we're working on is uh, using different uh, hardware architectures. Uh, so this is something that is also interesting to leverage the best of both platforms. Um, when we talk about OTT, we talk about uh, multiple bit rates, uh, multiple resolution. So we get take benefit of that to uh, use information across profiles to improve the efficiency. And, and finally, and maybe uh, some, something that is also key is the, the fact that we can use also some um, uh, region of interest in the image and, and uh, address the image differently uh, depending on what the con what is the content that we want to encode. So uh, on, on a football field, for example, we will want to focus on the players, on the, on the parts where the action is, where uh, the background is less uh, important. So this is something that, that we can work on. Uh, now the, the latency challenge. Uh, latency challenge is actually quite basic because when we speak about latency, it's actually a sum of latencies. Uh, so we lose, we have some delay at every step of the process. Uh, so we can improve some parts of the uh, some parts of the process. So we can work on the packager to reduce its uh, its latency, for example. But what we see uh, here in this in this chain is that it's important to work on every step of the process. Uh, and with our solution, because we have uh, an, an end to end uh, solution from the encoding up to the delivery, that means that we can work uh, at, on, at every step and, and reduce the latency at every step. And that means that uh, on an end to end, uh, from an end to end point of view, we have uh, reduced latency. Um, we do that uh, using uh, relying on standards such as CMAF and low latency uh, HLS. So what that means also is that it's uh, interoperable with the different players uh, without needing to have a specific uh, player, a specific device that will uh, that will be able to interpret that. Uh, so this is uh, how we can address low latency and we can achieve latency that are equivalent to what we have in IPTV or what we have in DVB. And this is this is uh, what is important. We don't need to have sub-second latency. What we need is something that is has the same user experience as, uh, as traditional uh, TV. And finally, the scalability challenge. Uh, there are different ways to address that. Um, the first one uh, is uh, multicast ABR. Uh, it has uh, recently been uh, standardized, and it's uh, something that can be used uh, for for that sense. Uh, it's also a technology that is interesting for uh, ATSC 3.0 and OTT over satellite. Uh, we will have a session dedicated to OTT over satellite later today um, to, to talk about that. Um, 
um, there is also the uh, possibility of uh, CDN offloading. So what that means is that you have a typical CDN uh, infrastructure for your nominal use case. And when you have, uh, when you anticipate some peaks in consumption, uh, because you have an upcoming event like, uh, like a football match or something like that, you can um, offload some of the traffic to third party CDNs, some public CDNs that are available and that can, uh, that can start uh, quite, quite quickly. And so that, that means that you can increase the capacity of your CDN uh, uh, quite uh, quite easily by expanding it to to other third parties, and it's also possible to expand this CDN capacity uh, by using uh, um, an, an elastic CDN. So what we call elastic CDN is uh, a CDN that is based on an um, infrastructure that allows you to spin some some instances um, very quickly and very easily, and we do that relying on uh, Kubernetes uh, infrastructure uh, using uh, containers that we can um, start uh, and deploy uh, very quickly and very easily. Uh, the underlying uh, uh, hardware resources can be either your uh, private cloud, if you have a data center, for example, or that can be some uh, public uh, cloud uh, providers. So you can start uh, operation on, on, these, um, on these resources. I will hand you back the floor. Thank you, Philip. Excellent. And then we move to the next section, which is about dynamic and insertion. And Yuri, I'll let you take over. Okay. So moving on to the uh, to the advertisement itself. Um, so it, it's definitely the most attractive point of um, of moving to OTT, I would say, um, because we're talking about targeted advertisement. Uh, we're talking about you know um, uh, boosting revenue really um, concretely, or at least directly affecting the the, the revenue growth. Uh, but before we or an operator jumps onto this uh, bandwagon, there are a couple of things that they need to consider. Um, now, the the first question or the first two questions would be, you know, what type of of advertisement is it going to be um, client side ad insertion or is it going to be server side ad insertion? Um, there are um, you know big differences between the two, definitely. Um, and um, it, it's very important to to address them early on so that um, you know there it's then easier to integrate into the the environment um, so on the first side um, if you look at the client side at insertion um, there there are a couple of of points here to to consider one being um, the client side ads are basically streamed in addition to the to, to the original stream which means that you're generating for each ad you're generating a new stream um, that potentially has an impact on your CDN costs um, so this is something that that should be calculated um, then additionally um, you know it is quite simple to to integrate if if you have the the uis um, or the the applications which already have uh, integration uh, or placement integrations um, done with the the ad decision server um, then it's it's quite um, straightforward and, and the the rollout can be quite uh, quick um, and on the other side, the the you know client client side um, ad insertion also heavily relies on the um, end users um, device capability uh, and also the the player, right? So uh, on one side, um, the player needs to be integrated so it supports uh, um, the the ad insertion uh, on the um, either on um, pre-roll um, or, or on the post-roll um, or, or um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, or, you know, you need to um, be aware of the, the end user's device capabilities because it, it will in turn affect the, the quality of, of experience on, on that. 
Um, so in regards to the server side at insertion, uh, Philip, maybe you can uh, walk walk us through the couple of points. Yes. Uh, yes, sure. Uh, so on the on the server side, it's uh, uh, the way it it needs to be seen is that the all the uh, the the content is modified uh, on the server. So what that means is that uh, from the end user perspective, it's the same stream. Uh, so one of the uh, one one of the benefits of that is that it allows to overcome any ad blocking, uh, which is key when we're talking about uh, ad insertion because uh, the the advertisers uh, want to make sure that the ads is uh, is uh, reaching the the end users uh, and to have some information about uh, the usage of the of the ads so that's uh, something that is important uh, what that means also when you have a single stream it's that uh, it means that it's the um, the user experience will be uh, seamless uh, there there will be no uh, rebuffering or no switching uh, done uh, done when there is an ad uh, switch because this is done on the on the head end side, uh, and it's uh, it's as if it's a stream that is coming, a regular stream that is coming. And uh, the third point is that it doesn't require uh, integration on the on the device, uh, so it's uh, something that it can can play like any other stream. Uh, so as you can see here, there are two approaches, uh, client side and, and server side. Uh, they both have uh, benefits. Uh, they both can be used also uh, at the same time. So it doesn't mean that you could have server side ad insertion for uh, regular uh, ad switching in the, in the stream and then have some client side uh, ad insertion for some uh, overlay, some some um, uh, ads in the user interface uh, to when you navigate in the menus, for example. So this is something that can be uh, working side by side and, and improve uh, the the in increase the opportunities for ad placement. Uh, and, and this is uh, something that uh, will be addressed by uh, by Yuri in the in the next slides. Yeah. Right. So once we've kind of addressed the the two main questions or the, the main question in the beginning, um, you know, this is, this is then where um, we talk about actually boosting revenue through, you know, ad insertion and, and more, moreover, uh, what is the benefit of OTT, um, the ability to do targeted uh, TV advertising. Um, you know, the, the main reason why, why this is so attractive to the service providers is, in general, it means more money. Um, the the CPMs are, you know, can be three to five times higher than on the traditional um, TV CPMs. Um, you know, it it, it definitely it improves the, the the subscriber or the the customer um, experience because if if you get um, uh, you know relevant advertisements to to what you 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 were searching or you're interested in then it's uh, it's uh, um you know uh, it's not as intrusive as you know watching all types of, of advertisement and it'll make the the end subscriber or the viewer um less uh, possible to to switch uh, away from from the, the content um or the, the the stream to move to another channel or whatever um, and of course, the, the, the third uh, benefit here is definitely um, the ability to support um, and increase the value of uh, advertising use, uh, units. Um, there are multiple um, ways of, of you know, supporting um, your you know, content partners' revenue models, um, you know, getting... Um, uh, getting second second screen or multi-screen licenses for advertisement and kind of supporting um, supporting you know their their business model, uh, it'll definitely drive um, the the revenue up as as well. So in terms of in terms of you know potential advertisement or or ads or ad campaigns that can be uh, driven on OTT, of course. You know the typical awareness campaign, and then simple targeting, uh, advanced targeting, uh, meaning you know using the the operators' existing CRM data of of subscribers, um, and then also um, if if the operator is using a um, you know AI um, driven recommendation engine, you can 
actually take it a bit further and pinpoint uh, exactly you know the gender of the the current viewer or the the age range of the current viewer and even you know go down deep into what type of ads um, you can be serve um, you know serving to to these viewers and again um, at the end then the, to complete the circle basically the the retargeting meaning that um, the the ad decision server kind of gets all the metadata and retargets the same user one once they kind of return or retargeting them on other platforms like on on the web and, and um, social media and so on all right so moving on to the technical aspect um, I'm, I'm basically um, giving you the the floor back david uh so that you can explain a bit more uh on the technical aspect of advertisement yes i will take over so i will uh, dive a bit more into into the the details and the specifics of uh, ad insertion uh, and without going into too much details but focusing on the different components uh, that come into place when we start uh, talking about uh, ad insertion this is some uh, uh, something that is similar to what yuri has uh, shown at the beginning with the different uh, components of ad insertion so here we're seeing uh, let's say a traditional uh, ott uh, chain where you have the live transcoding, uh, the origin packager that will uh, package on the fly and, and deliver the content, uh, and the CDN part with the, the, the load balancers and the different caches. Uh, so this is how a standard um, uh, OTT platform will uh, will work, uh, getting the uh, the content from from uh, from the origin uh, that is being transcoded. So when we start talking about uh, ad insertion, what does that mean, the server-side ad insertion? Uh, what that means is that uh, we will want to get some content, but the content needs to be modified. It needs to be manipulated. And this is where we talk about the manifest manipulator. Uh, what this does is that it will modify uh, on the fly the content that is being delivered uh, to replace the uh, ads uh, that are available in the stream and put uh, some other ads uh, there. Uh, to do that, it uh, communicates with what is called an ad platform or an ad server, uh, and, and that is in relation with the advertisers. So these components will provide uh, the information uh, as to for uh, that given uh, client or that given device, for example, you need to uh, replace the ads uh, with these ones. Uh, so it will send back some uh, ads to be uh, transcoded. Uh, so what that means is that we need to uh, transform these ads as well. We need uh, a file transcoder that will be able to convert the ads that will uh, that were sent back uh, and and uh, encode them also in the same uh, profile set as what we have in live transcoding to be able to have the same uh, user experience. These ads will be uh, available uh, on, a, on an origin packager as well um, to, to be able to be delivered. And, and so we uh, complete the, the cycle and then manifest manipulator gets the response of what ads uh, needs to be replaced, uh, where they are, so they are available on an origin, and they can uh, modify the, the manifest in order to deliver this, uh, this modified content. So this is the, the basic uh, uh, ecosystem. Um, and then once this is delivered, uh, uh, ad insertion or ad replacement uh, needs to be uh, measured because without measurement, uh, it has uh, much less value. Uh, and the value is in uh, who has watched the content, uh, has he watched uh, half of it, has he muted the content, uh, has he clicked uh, on the ad. So all this information needs to be uh, sent back to the advertiser to, to, to show and to give the value to the uh, to the ad placement, and, and this is done via a reporting service uh, that the uh, the device will, will contact when uh, when the as you end user reacts to the to the ads. So this is the ecosystem, uh, and uh, in the in this ecosystem at Atem we have uh, different components to to address that uh, for the transcoding, either the ads or the the, the live transcoding. We will have some action, uh, either with Titan File or Titan Live. Uh, on the 
um, preparation of the the content what we call the manifest conditioning uh, we have the uh, the origin package resolution near DVR uh, then we have the ad stitching with near composer and the actual ad delivery with the CDN solution so if we look into uh, a bit more detail on the ad preparation side what does that mean we have uh, a set of uh, a set of ads uh, that needs to be transcoded uh, so there are uh, uh, two let's say two uh, two ways to do that uh, either it, it runs in a what we call a campaign mode uh, campaign mode is uh, the let's say the traditional um, mode of uh, of doing uh, uh, advertising uh, it means that in advance uh, there is uh, a discussion between uh, the uh, advertisers and the, the tv channel saying we i have an ad slot i want to place some ads so we can have this content in advance and we can transcode that content in advance or uh, it can be in a more um, uh, web uh, manner uh, where we do real-time bidding and it, this is the programmatic mode so what that means is that the content is not known in advance uh, but depending on uh, the ad placement depending on the advertisers uh, we will have a reply uh, when we need to uh, uh, insert the ads so we may miss the first opportunity of placing the ads uh, but uh, but the, uh, the next run the file will be transcoded and available uh, for ad insertion um, of course all this transcoding is done uh, using the same profile as live as live transcoding because uh, the it's important to uh, ensure the the quality of experience and the, the seamless um, uh, effect uh, on the player side and this is done by having the same uh, the same profile set so that the end user doesn't doesn't see the difference and this uh, content is then either live or the file is then delivered to the origin uh, here they are uh, separated the ads origin and the and the let's say the, the traditional live uh, origin packager but of course it can be uh, the same uh, and and it can deliver the the content um, next step in the uh, in the in the, the different chains is uh, what is called the stream conditioning, uh, and this is done uh, at the live encoding uh, step. Um, what what is meant by that is that we get some streams uh, with some signaling inside. This is the Scotty thirty five signaling, and this signaling is used to uh, know where uh, an ad uh, placement opportunity is uh, available. Uh, so what what we do with this information is prepare the stream uh, to to be able to um, to uh, then uh, chunk it uh, appropriately and to be able to replace the content so this is information that is available saying i have an ad placement it, the duration is uh, 90 seconds for example i have uh, that can be uh, detailed uh, as to how many ads um, are, are in there and and so on so it's quite a rich information that is interpreted by the live uh, encoder uh, then on the packaging side, uh, we have the manifest conditioning. Uh, so this is interpreting the information that was given by the transcoder uh, to put that information in the manifest. So here we see, you can see a HLS playlist uh, where it's uh, basically saying, uh, I have uh, a queue out, so this is a point where uh, the ad will start and I have a queue in, and this is a point where the ad will finish. And it, so between these two, there are all these chunks that can be replaced. Uh, and, and this is the, the basic information for, uh, for ad insertion, but this is key because otherwise the manifest manipulator would not know uh, when, to, when to do that. Uh, uh, speaking of which, so this is where we do the actual ad stitching. So we get from the uh, from the, the packager, we get this, this information with uh, ad uh, ad data, uh, and and we can contact the ad server saying, okay, I have an opportunity of uh, uh, switching the content. What what do you have uh, in your database? What can you provide me as uh, as ads? And, and we can then replace this content by building the ad break uh, because the uh, the ad server will return, uh, uh, for example, uh, eighty second uh, ad. Uh, ads for a 90 second ad break so we need to build this ad break by uh, adding maybe some fillers or ad adding some content to make sure that the, it's also again seamless to the end user uh, 
so this is done on the uh, um, on the manifest manipulator side, and we will also remove uh, the information of the ads so that it's transparent to the uh, to the end user and it cannot be seen as ads and it can thus not be blocked. So this is also something that is important. Uh, and finally, uh, the uh, ad um, delivery. Uh, so this is uh, the, the step where the, the content will be uh, delivered. Uh, and this is where the, the, the CDN will be able to uh, get the, the route and, and uh, reroute correctly the information if it's uh, the manifest that needs to be replaced or if it's content that can be uh, placed in, in, in cached. In, in the caches. So, so this is where the, the CDN will also play a role in terms of, uh, of delivering the content. Uh, so this is uh, the different. Uh, these are different steps of the um, of the ad insertion uh, uh, ecosystem on the server side, and and we can see that there are different components uh, that interact uh, with each other uh, and that need uh, integration. So there are different integration points, uh, but in the end, it's uh, it's uh, quite um, uh, it's relying on standards such as uh, SCSI thirty five or uh, VAST for the discussion with the um, uh, with the ad servers, and, and this is what makes it uh, possible in, in the end on the player side to, to get some, uh, some content. So we'll now uh, switch to, to some key takeaways of the, of the session. Uh, you want to introduce it, David, or I can move on? Uh, yeah, we can move on. No OK. Um, so uh, for the. Uh, what what we what we talked about today is is the uh, the importance uh, and the the interests and the benefits of of migrating uh, from an IPTV platform to an OTT platform. We mentioned different uh, different points, uh, but th this can be seen as uh, as switching completely the platform or uh, getting rid of an existing platform and and replacing it with a new one. Uh, but the there can be steps in the migration you already talked about it a, a little bit on the on the um, uh, middleware side and the, the player side uh, but it's also in terms of uh, of uh, the the platform uh, in its uh, in its uh, entirety uh, it can be seen also uh, it can be done using different steps um, so there could be there could be a step a uh, first step that is uh, addressing uh, second screens uh, with OTT. So meaning you have uh, your uh, uh, standard IPTV platform for the, the, the main screen, and then you can add uh, some content for, uh, for other devices in, in the, uh, for, your, uh, for your end user. So this is one way of doing it, doing it step by step. Uh, another way of doing it is addressing the different needs. Uh, so meaning that uh, you can have on some content, uh, on some channels, or, or uh, some some um, uh, users have uh, non-linear content uh, delivered first, uh, and still addressing the live content with uh, traditional uh, IPTV, uh, your traditional IPTV platform. So this is a way also of doing it uh, uh, step by step. Uh, and, and finally, uh, a step that we, we talked about in more detail and that is also interesting is the, the addition of uh, personalized TV. And this is something that will be, uh, will be key in terms of uh, monetizing and in terms of uh, giving value uh, to the OTT platform because uh, OTT is often seen as uh, uh, something in addition, an option that is added, but that doesn't provide any uh, uh, that doesn't provide any revenue, and this is a way of um, of doing that to to be able to to address uh, to address this uh, this point is using uh, personalized uh, TV. Right. So um, on this topic, uh, basically, the I would say the key takeaway on the um, the boosting of revenue um, that I would like to to make here. Um, is is definitely um, you know reassessing the the, the business model. Uh, as Philippe said, uh, you know traditionally OTT has always been viewed as a um, companion service that uh, you know kind of uh, doesn't really provide any any revenue. Uh, I think this, if if nothing else, um, in in the last year. Um, 
we've seen that that this is not true and that more and more operators and service providers are moving towards ott as a as a strategy um and uh, definitely one key takeaway from uh, from today's uh, session um should be that it's not all about you know targeted advertisement targeted advertisement does boost revenue or at least it opens up an additional revenue stream but where i think um the main point of ott and migrating from iptv to ott is actually saving on cost um if if the operator reassesses their business model and changes their business model there's a lot of uh cost that can be saved uh, for instance, on, on one side, if we compare OTT business model to IPTV business model, just the um, subscription acquisition cost is wildly different because on IPTV, um, you require the subscriber to go to, you know, to a local shop, uh, sign the contract, get a um, operator, set a box, whatever, um, you know, device. Uh, bring it home, connect it, or, or get it connected by um, the operator's technical team. And this all uh, basically costs money. Um, on the other side, on the OTT business model and what's being adopted more and more is the, the self-acquisition uh, uh, for subscribers. So if, if you, you're offering an ability where... Um, You've launched uh, a self um, self care portal where the, the the new subscribers and the existing subscribers can go and they can um, subscribe to additional content, purchase additional content, uh, top up um, using you know their credit card sitting at home on their couch. It will definitely lower um, the, the the cost. Uh, second business model, which which is being adopted um, uh, quite regularly uh, nowadays, is bring your own device. Basically, allowing the the subscribers to use any commercially obtainable device, download the download the the application, um, you know, subscribe with the credit card, and off they go. Um, thirdly, you know, VOD centric uh, services are are popping up more and more. Uh, what we've seen with with our customers is that you know a lot of a lot of them have started to move from traditional linear TV centric uh, service to VOD centric service, and linear TV is just kind of becoming um, you know what OTT used to be, kind of a companion offering because you know nowadays with with the the millennials and the the y generations they are all more into viewing what they want when they want and where they want it uh, and less about sitting at you know 7 p.m in, in the evening watching the the news on live tv they want to have that ability to do that anywhere and and anytime um you know then integration of different payment gateways uh, loyalty points, all of that, it, it, it basically on one side, it raises the, the, or boosts the revenue, but on the other side, it actually lowers the, the, the cost of operating, um, the service and, and that directly affects the, the bottom line at the end of the day. And that's, that's the, the main value of, of OTT. Yes, uh, I, um, this is this is something uh, uh, an important point that you mentioned uh, that you mentioned, Yuri. And if we look into more detail about the 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 ad uh, part itself, it the the revenue um, can be uh, generated uh, for the um, for the advertisers themselves. Because when we talk about uh, ad insertion, uh, you may have in traditional uh, TV uh, a large audience uh, that you will want to do, that you will want to address uh, but in fact your target in this audience is only a fraction of that uh, so in, in in your CPM which is the cost of the uh, of the ad uh, may seem 
less important in standard advertising. Uh, but since you're only targeting a fraction of that, in reality, what we call the eCPM or the effective CPM is uh, much higher than that. So uh, in, in target advertising, you are addressing uh, the, the the end users that you want. You're really targeting the users that you that you want to address. And, and, and that's only a fraction of that. And it means that you can multiply that by as many targets as there is in the audience. So this is also key in terms of uh, generating revenue. And that re generates revenue for advertisers. But a portion of that can be also for uh, the the operators or, or the uh, the platforms that distribute that content and it's also a way of generating revenues for the programmers uh, because uh, ad insertion is also a way of giving value uh, to all the ad slots um, the uh, high uh, high value slots like uh, popular events are uh, very expensive because there is a lot of audience uh, that that are watching that content. Uh, but some smaller uh, events uh, late at night are also have have also their value, and, and you can uh, raise this value by uh, uh, targeting the content that you're addressing. Uh, and, and this is a way of uh, of giving this, the same value to all the ad slots that you that you have, and over role increasing uh, the the revenue on, on ad insertion so all, all, all of that are the different ways as uh, you already mentioned on the platform itself on the business model uh, that can uh, provide a really interesting um, ways of uh, improving the revenue and improving the the cost of the platform in general and with ad insertion in, in particular uh, it's a way of generating additional uh, revenue to uh, to an OTT platform Thank you both for that. Um, we can move actually to the Q&A section. Um, a few questions for you. Maybe I will start with you, Euro. Uh, uh, what is for you the fastest way to start with advertisement in OTT? Well, the fastest way for me would be basically to to um, you know assess. What you what the customer currently has, um, and then you know if if the the as as Philippe said if the components on the server side are not present um, in the ecosystem yet then definitely the, the fastest way would be um, to keep it as simple as possible uh, and offer the the client side ad ad insertion um, just kind of as a as a as an idea, what uh, what we typically do at B News is we offer the basic um, um, client side ad insertion, which is like on the login screen uh, and then on the actual UI and not on the on the streams itself. Um, so those positions won't bring you the 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 you know, the revenue to cover the cost of running the, the um, OTT platform, but they will definitely, you know, uh, open up a, a revenue stream. And depending on where the service um, uh, is or where you're offering the service in which region, in which country, that, that can be quite, you know, substantial. We have um, a customer with us uh, for quite a few years who's basically started out utilizing just the login screen advertisement it was just a static screen at the beginning and from that one static screen they were able to generate about one hundred thousand dollars per year which is you know quite a nice sum of money if you look at the the the, the position and the, the fact that it's a static um, ad Okay, that's a substantial amount indeed. And um, are we linked to that? Well, what is the common mistake operators are doing when they start with advertisement? So is that for Philip or for? Uh, to both of you, I guess maybe you, you can you can start, and I'm not sure if Philip wants to. Wants okay. To uh, so I think the 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 the. I would say that the, the biggest mistake that the operators are making, um, 
and I'm talking about pretty much the operators with um, which are like tier two, tier three, so or or even starting out with with OTT, as you know, we we're seeing today that there's a lot of these OTT uh, platforms popping up. the the main The main um, mistake that they're making is that they go um, onto YouTube or they Google um, YouTube CPMs and they automatically think that if if YouTube has these CPMs, then this can also be applied to my service. So they do the whole calculations without actually knowing their targeted audience, without actually knowing their their region, the the country, the the CPM in the country, the CPM for uh, for um, you know traditional TV, and then you know um, calculating that to the the potential CPM of of um of doing that on ott so i think it, it, the 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 main reason or the main mistake that they're making is the misconception of the expectation of high expectations that they have going into you know trying to to launch advertising on their um ott platform yeah that makes sense indeed yeah yeah and yeah, I, w I wanted to 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 add uh, in, in in the same line as what you are saying is that uh, they have expectation because they see that it's a way of uh, generating revenue, and as Yuri was saying, they they have an idea of what this can could be, um, but without necessarily uh, uh, seeing uh, what it means behind the scenes, uh, and, and and this is this is one point that is uh, that is important is to uh, to 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 get um, a sense of the, the different uh, elements, the different possibilities, the different uh, uh, revenues that can be generated with the uh, with ad insertion, uh, and, and better understand the uh, the the ecosystem to to put that in place uh, either uh, client side or, or service side and this is uh, something that is uh, that is key in terms of um, uh, making a successful um, ad insertion platform yeah. thanks Philippe. Um, to you again Philippe maybe another one you, you mentioned about personalized TV right uh, is there any other use cases than the ad insertion related to the personalized TV that you have in mind? Uh, yes, actually, there is. I, I focused here on uh, on ad insertion because uh, we, this is what we are talking about: generating revenue, and we wanted to focus on this. But there is indeed uh, um, the the way of uh, with the uh, manifest manipulation a way of generating uh, specific content. So, uh, for example, by using um, already existing VOD assets and recreated uh, recreating some live TV channels, it may seem. Uh, counterintuitive because VOD was already um, um, recorded from live content, uh, but we see uh, a, a, a trend and, and we see a demand in having uh, linear content recreated. Uh, um, Netflix platform uh, did that, for example, quite recently by uh, creating uh, linear content, linear channels, and this is a new way of uh, providing uh, channels, for example, with the, all the episodes of a series. And again, uh, an opportunity for ad placement. So in between the different uh, uh, episodes, uh, being able to to put some some ad content and ad placement opportunities. So this is another way. When we talk about personalized TV, this is another way of of doing that and and doing specific content to specific users, uh, given their needs and and their uh, uh, what they like to watch. Yeah, very true. The Netflix example is, is a good one. Um, maybe last question before we, uh, we we pass to the the floor to the the, the next session. A question for both of you: um, What is a typical schedule for deploying an OTT platform? Who wants to start? Uh, I can uh, I can start. Uh, it's a, it's it well it's a difficult uh, well it's not a difficult but it's a question that I can have multiple answers. It really depends on the uh, on the on the platform on the different components that we are addressing. We have uh, use cases where the, the platform was uh, from the start the moment we started discussing to the actual launch. Is we spent uh, just barely a month uh, because we deliver uh, software only and uh, 
it runs your regular hardware, it's really easy to to deploy and really quick to to put in place. Uh, but I would say that for a, a typical platform with a, a bit more complexity, it's in the range of maybe uh, uh, three to six months um, to to deploy uh, an OTT uh, an OTT platform, and, and that can when we're talking also about migrating, uh, we need to take that into consideration. So this is uh, why we why we uh, we have we can have different steps uh, in the migration. Yeah. So from from our point of view, from my point of view, um, I can completely agree and confirm uh, what Philippe said. It's got multiple answers. Uh, it does really depend on what the customer already has for the ecosystem. It does depend on the you know experience of the customer's engineering team. It does depend on the the requirements and expectations of the customer. Um, it can be as straightforward as, you know, a month or two, or it can be anywhere between, you know, three, six months, nine months, even depending um, on, on a lot of, um, you know, aspects. On the complexity, obviously. Um, great. That will uh, conclude our, our session for today. Thank you very much, uh, Philippe. Thank you very much, uh, Yuri. Uh, thanks to all the attendees. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach uh, Atem or Binus. Uh, and we'll move to the next session, uh, which is Secure and Deliver Your Golden Content Through the Cloud uh, with our partner, Alibaba Cloud. Thanks again, Philippe. Thanks, Jorian. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. Now, we are at the end of the 17th podcast. If you want to find out more, you can go to the atem.com website or follow us on LinkedIn. Next time, we will cover Secure and Deliver Your Golden Content with the Cloud. Don't miss out! Music